the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back to the South Coast End Zone Podcast. I'm Standard Times Digital Sports Editor Brennan Curie, and I'm here with Sports Editor Lori Lowe's. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing pretty good. I'm hanging in there. It's uh, Thursday afternoon. We're ready for the Week 2 slate of Friday football games, so we thought we'd sit down and preview them here. Uh, I was actually at the dentist two hours ago, so uh, if I'm a, a little sloppy here with the wording, uh, if I start drooling, let me know here, Lori. But right. uh, this had uh, three cavities filled, so still a little bit of three Novocaine cavities. going on. What have you been eating? Uh, so these are, uh, true story, these are my first cavities I had since I was a teenager. Wow. Yeah, so I figured that's not bad. I went 20 years without a cavity, so... Yeah, I don't know, but something I did wrong in the last six months or something. <laughs> I guess it seems. so. Apparently. Yeah, so I guess I got to lay off the candy here. So, all right. So first up, we're going to talk uh, Seekonk at Fairhaven. It's uh, early in the season, but this one could have some uh, end of season implications. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was uh, this is a big matchup for week two. Uh, you know, for that South Coast Conference small uh, tier that that uh, that that part of division of the conference. Uh, early on, it looks like Fairhaven and Seekonk are probably the two teams that, you know, ha- are the most talented, mm-hmm. you know, have, you know, kind of the, the best lineups, um, you know, if you're looking on the roster and just seeing who they have, um, because there's also Bourne is, Bourne has a little Born bit of... Bourne and Wareham are Born and Wareham are kind of... Probably in the struggling Yeah, right now they're both struggling. both of them. And then, uh, and then Case, you know, I know they graduated a lot yeah, from last year. they're probably the wild card, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a big matchup, uh, week two. Uh, I was at practice yesterday at Fairhaven High in the rain and uh, <laughs> talking to Rudy, Coach uh, Bulger, and he said, you know, it's any other game, you know, it's, it's a big game, but, you know, because it's our next game. But uh, he did eventually say that, you know, this is... This is a, it's not a make or break game for them, you know, because you know they can still make the playoffs without uh, winning this game. But whoever does win this game on Friday night uh, at Fairhaven is going to have that inside track to that. They're going to be in the driver's seat. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, so, playing in that SEC crossover championship game. Yeah, and uh, if you look at Seekonk, I know last year um, they ended up beating beating Fairhaven fifty four to twenty. In that game, though, Fairhaven hung with them early on and then just in the second half kind of ran out of gas because uh, Seekonk likes to run that two-minute, like, quick-hit offense. They spread you out, and they just, like, go down the field, and and they can – they can score in one or two plays. Meanwhile, you know, Fairhaven, it takes them, you know, eight, ten plays to kind of get down the field and eventually score. Um, But – the good and the st- clock doesn't run when you're playing Seekonk either. And no, they throw a lot of incomplete no, passes it takes too, so. it takes a long time for, take a for them in some of the games. But I know um, their quarterback last year, Smith, he's gone. He he graduated. Terry Smith. Right? Yeah, Terry Smith. Um, you know, and I think a few of their receivers are gone. So they do kind of have a little bit of a you know a new look to. The, it's the same offense, but it's kind of a new look. Uh, they have a sophomore quarterback, uh, Jared Morin. And uh, they actually Seekonk played St- Bishop Sting last week and ended up losing forty two twenty two. And this kid Morin looks like he has potential, like he's gonna be good, but he's a sophomore, yeah, so might he's be a little early yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah he's kind of he showing for 267 yards, two scores, but two picks. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably showing off a little bit of that youth. Yeah, and probably the chemistry too. This is a kid. This is his first year, you know, as a starting quarterback on varsity, and you know, with the receivers. You know how much chemistry can they have? You know it's the first, you know, second game of the season. Now um, probably so, more chemistry than Fairhaven's quarterback has right now. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, Fairhaven ended up opening the season uh, last week with a with a you know a solid win over Vogue Tech. 
Uh, they had three different guys score touchdowns. Um, Owen Sabuler, Zach Yacht, and uh, Flynn Bogart. But uh, the big downside is they lost uh, Brady Bennett, uh, their starting quarterback. And one to, of the better area quarterbacks. Yeah, to, uh, to a pretty serious injury. He has a broken collarbone. Uh, he's going to be out, uh, according to Rudy uh, Bogart, anywhere from four to six to six to eight weeks. So I'm looking at four to eight. Right, <laughs> more like maybe the six to eight or five to Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, so collarbones can be tough. That, that's Tony Romo. Yeah, that's really t- a tough injury to come back, and that that's you know with a team that doesn't have a lot of numbers, you know that's a big deal because you're yeah. already having now to move somebody out of another position into the quarterback position. Then you have to find somebody to put in that position. And it's just kind of, we saw this happen at a Poniquit yeah. last year, kind of the dominoes end up affecting four yeah. or five different With, positions. Yeah. When Brent Dixon by, went down yeah, by the time you're done watching yeah. all the repercussions happen. So, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Flynn ended up coming in, um, during that game, you know, ended up, you know, they held off uh, Voktek, who's much approved this year, and they got the win. And I think his quote was, "He had no idea what he was doing yes. back there. Didn't <laughs> so, know the play calls, something you know. like that." But he did. I did talk to him yesterday at practice, and he said that uh, I said, "How much you know experience you have playing quarterback?" And he said, "I was the JV quarterback, mm-hmm. so he does know what he's doing." It's just he said, "You know, there wasn't many plays on JV. There's a lot more plays yeah. on the uh, at the varsity level, so he's kind of learning those." And and we'll um, see how many passing plays they get into because he was also their top receiver. Yes. Yes, yeah. So that, that so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're definitely down a little bit, um, you know, or you know, kind of a lot not having their their starting quarterback. But it's got it's not like it's he's only going to be out one to week. Start with so yeah. So he's going to be out for a little while. So you know, they they're going to have to adjust and and probably rely on the there. running game a yeah. lot. You know, I, and, I and maybe sure. um, I know Rudy likes to pull trick plays, uh, pick them yeah. <laughs> here and there. He said his he said his offense was going to be very vanilla on Friday night, but I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, uh, I think he may, he may be a slow playing Seekonk over there. Yes, yeah. yes. So, um, so that game is Trying fr- to put a few red herrings out there. <laughs> that game is Friday night, uh, Seekonk at Fairhaven, and like we said earlier, it does have that South Coast Conference like s- small yeah. title implications. It's only week two, but you know it is a big game. I'm guessing we're going to be seeing a lot of Zach Giot in between the tackles. There. Yes, I would. I would assume he so. He ran for 147 in the first week, so he could probably easily top that again. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I think I think they just want to keep Seekong off the field. Yeah, so keep office. running the ball, take time off the clock. Yep, turn out those long fifteen, sixteen, and they'll have a shot if they if they do that. You know, that, that that's the key. Yep, yeah, and then uh, you know, kind of a bend but not break defense. Probably, you know, you're going to give up some passes, just don't give up the big ones. Yeah, for sure. So, so that game is Friday night at, at uh, Fairhaven. So if uh, you want to a full slate of seven o'clock games this week. I think every game except for Old Colony, of course, is yep. seven it's o'clock. No six thirties yep. or no. Yeah. And Old Colony is Saturday as we'll get yeah. to them later. Um, but the next game on uh, New Bedford uh, hits the road now. Um, they opened last week against Taunton at home and Brennan was at that game. And now they're w- going to be going to Whitman. At Whitman Hanson. I can't say I know a whole lot about Whitman Hanson, but I've heard good things. Yep. They're uh, they're pretty I mean, they last week they beat Marshfield 41 to 13. Um, so they, they, they can put some points up on the board um, in that game. And they, uh, they scored on their first four drives. Um, so they didn't waste any time putting the ball in the end zone. Uh, Ethan Phillips, their quarterback, had two rushing touchdowns. He also threw for another score um, in the first half, um, you know, as part of those four uh, first drives. And he finished with four pa- uh, two passing touchdowns, so four total touchdowns. He was 10 of 17 passing, 110 yards, and that – uh, was despite sitting out the fourth quarter because they were up so big. So this will be a big one for New Bedford. Yeah. I think falling into an O two hole to start the season. We saw this team struggle a little bit with like mental fortitude last season 
when things started kind of going downhill, they weren't able to recover and reverse that trend. And uh, I just wonder if at zero and two, you you know, you would see a few kids check out. I I, I hope not. I mean, yeah. plus, I mean, I think one and one would would totally flip the script on them too. Get some yes. momentum coming out of it. Uh, you mentioned they scored a lot. Uh, that New Bedford's going to have to score more. Yes, uh, they only scored six points. Six last points week. isn't going to do it. No. That said. I liked a lot of what I saw out of New Bedford on Friday night. I was actually pretty pleased. I thought scheme-wise and what they were doing and trying to do was correct. And I wouldn't have always said that over the last couple of years. Yep. Uh, but, you know, they, they have a new running back in Latrell Canto. Uh, he's a New Bedford kid originally. He'd been at Durfee the last couple of years as a quarterback, actually. And now he's back, and he's kind of like the power, bruising running back. They have a big offensive line. And basically, every time they gave him the ball, it was like a guaranteed four yards. Yeah, uh, you know, and That's he was, nice. and he was, you know, he wasn't breaking off huge ones, but he was getting plenty of eight, ten, twelve yard carries too. He had eighty-two yards rushing in the first half. New Bedford can, you know, control the ball in the first half, and then he cramped up as several New Bedford players did. It was actually almost strange. How and it wasn't too hot. I mean, wasn't it wasn't. Uh, Mark had mentioned like kind of how hot and humid it had been all week. Yeah, it wasn't actually that, that hot that night. The build up. Um, but I'm sure they're going to be looking at, you know, making sure everyone has a water bottle all day in school on Friday and everyone's hydrating. But, you know, I mean, LeBron James has the best sports nutritionists and uh, sports medicine folks around him, and he still had problems with cramps. So, yeah. I mean, at some point, there's only so much you can do. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to try to ride Latrell Canto a little bit more. We saw a little bit more of the intermediate passing game in the second half after Canto got hurt. They started working a little bit more of that kind of 10 to 18-yard passing game that was really And they'll really need that this, last this year. season. So yeah. they actually didn't connect with Baron Hilton at all. Possibly their biggest weapon yeah. uh, didn't end up with a carry or a reception. But didn't they target him a few times? True? They targeted yeah. him a few times. A couple times he was open. Um, once or twice, True Williams missed him. And then uh, one, it, the pass was slightly off. It was kind of like he was, he was running down the left sideline. I think he thought he was going to curl in a little bit for the catch. It kind of ended up going back shoulder. He got his hands up and it went through. So, I mean, they definitely targeted him, and he, he definitely had a couple times where he, he had, you well, saw it. They'll, they'll definitely want to get him more yes, involved absolutely. get the ball in his they'll, hands. And I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get even a little more creative as opposed to, you know, it was, it was kind of more go routes and, uh, you know, to try to get him open this time. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, try to run some jet sweeps, try to get him yep. the ball out of the backfield. But the other thing I was really impressed with was the defense. Yeah, you said that when you so got back they, to the So, I mean, game. they lost, but, like, it wasn't the defense's fault in any way. Uh, you couldn't run on them. Taunton couldn't run on them at all. And really the only pass that really hurt him was the one touchdown pass of 67, 69 yards, something like that. Yeah, it was in the 60-something yards. And that was over 30% of Taunton's offense for the entire game. Yeah. They just they didn't move the ball other than, you know, they got that one pass. Um, and it was all just, you know, kind of getting over the top of the defense on the right side and uh, beating a cornerback who had actually uh, been cramping up during the game too. <laughs> Jeez, so. <wow. laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism in New Bedford football. Uh, the the key is going to be those mental mistakes. Yeah, you said they had a, uh, two turnovers and some bad snaps. That yeah, cost the interception. Them. They had a fumble, yep. two bad snaps at like really bad times, a couple of really poorly timed penalties. They were driving. I think it was their first possession. They were driving down. They got into the red zone, and then they had like a 15-yard penalty that brought them back, and they couldn't. You know, suddenly they're facing you know second and 27, and so, uh, and then they had another uh, block in the back that brought back like a sixty-yard punt return. Jeez. So, yeah, they uh, they just kind of got to clean up those things. If they play like a cleaner, more disciplined brand of football, 
they certainly have all the other pieces necessary to make a good run this year. All right, and that game is Friday night, New Bedford at Whitman Hanson. We'll see if the Whalers can get their first win of the season. Next one, Aponiquit at Old Rochester, an SEC large showdown uh, from a appears to be much improved Lakers squad to yeah. a equally intimidating OR squad. Yeah, the Lakers, uh, you know, last year they, they only, had, only had a couple wins and, and really struggled throughout most of the season. I know they finished this, the year a little bit stronger than they had began it, um, but a lot of that, their struggles, I think, had to do with you know, Brent Dixon being out, you know, he had gotten injured, I guess, was it game four, I think, into the season? It was yeah, at the, the Vogue Tech yeah. game. Um, and, you know, like we were saying earlier, you kind of had to shift everything around. Yeah, so Chase Rocher was a quarterback. He, he moved. moved. Chase Gorman moved into the quarterback. Yep, as a freshman, starting yeah. on varsity. So, you know, there was a lot of moving pieces last year. And now, you know, Brent is hopefully healthy. I know he did end up leaving the game um, and not coming back in the second half. And uh, according to Buddy Thomas, it sounded like uh, from talking to Zane Fife, it was just, you know, precautionary. Um, mm. It was nothing He's serious. Had some that, yeah, yeah. I think, in so, the past. So, so to make sure that, uh, that everything is okay with him. So we'll see if he's going to be back this week. But they'll definitely need him against Old Rochester. Yep. Um, because, you know. And it's quite the way to start the season. <laughs> Old Rochester, Middleborough, yeah. Middleborough, you open with Middleborough, the defending state champions. And yep. then week two, you play Old Rochester, who lost to Middleborough in the section title game and may have been the second best team in Division Six. Yes, yes. So it's not an easy schedule uh, for the Lakers this year. But last week against Middleborough, um, you know, they hung right. I mean, they were actually up in that game. Uh, defensive the, touchdown. I think our only defensive yeah, touchdown of the week. Yeah, defensive touchdown. And then they also, um, I think they were up, at, I don't know if it was 14 to 6 or 14 to, to 8, but they were up at. At one point, you know, a little bit later in the game and, you know, just uh, couldn't really pull it out. You know, um, they finished with 170 yards of total offense, uh, 161 on the ground and only nine through the air, which I'm assuming they want to get Chase a little bit more involved. Yeah, and it wasn't you know? a good completion percentage either. No, he was two, two, two of 12, yeah. yep, for nine yards. Um, so obviously you want to get him a little bit more um, involved with that. and, and Kevin just, Hughes, though. I didn't know much about him. I, I saw the yeah, name, 91 he, rushing yards. Yeah, he's young. He's, uh, he's yeah. got some potential there. So they, so they have some weapons, um, you know, but it's, it, it's tough when you look at old Rochester, and even though they graduated... <laughs> Speaking of weapons. Yeah, even, even though they graduated Harry Smith, you know, um, our co-player of the year from last year, you know, Will Garcia is back, and this guy really flew under the radar last year. Uh, 1,400 yards, 21 touchdowns. Um, this... Past week against Wareham in the season opener for OR, he had 154 rushing yards and four touchdowns all in the first half. Like, you know, I mean, they were up 35 nothing at halftime. And, and he, he scored he, four touchdowns against Aponiquit last year. I covered that game. Yeah, I think I'm going to tell you that. He had about a similar stat game. line of that last year. That was kind of his big breakout game last year. Yeah, and of course. Because they kind of went all in on stopping Harry Smith. And so suddenly everything Will does around the ends was working. Yeah. And uh, according but Buddy Thomas was actually at this game, and he said that, that, uh, that he had a fifth touchdown that got called back, so, you know, which would have been a school, single, single game um, school record. But, I mean, it just seems like, you know, they did have some holes to fill on the line. The linemen must be, you know, catching up to speed, a couple Sounds of those guys. Like and, you know, you know, here they are. I mean, and, and I know they were talking about trying to add a little bit of a passing game. Um, so Cole McIntyre did not. Hey, th- congratulations, Cole. <laughs> yeah, he did not throw a touchdown pass. Wait, no, he did. No, well, we don't have him downlisted. Yeah, so. Cole McIntyre, right? Oh, oh it, doesn't, it doesn't have it on our Cole stat McIntyre, sheet. Cole McIntyre, right there on the right. And they're under Justin Lopes. 
Oh, okay. Who's Cole McIntyre? First career touchdown pass. Are you sure? Okay, okay, it's up here. I'm looking right next to the thing. All right, yep. Okay. Cole sorry. McIntyre, congratulations, I'm looking, buddy. First I'm looking right across here because we oh, have okay. these new stat sheets some um, that have all of our leaders and and it's not right across. So yeah, that's yeah, I found, awesome. Found Anthony Childs on a touchdown pass there. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah got I, off the Schneid there finally. So I, I know I, he, he'd been wanting that. I'm wondering if my story for the for the preview had anything to do with it about yeah, him. There he goes. Yeah. Um, but he, he was dead set on it. Forty nine yards passing um the touchdown pass you know obviously you know they want to do a little bit more of that this year and kind of open up that offense and i mean they're going to continue to run that's that's what they're going to do but if they can kind of keep defenses on their yeah, toes they still only bit. threw for like 49 yards yeah so. yeah so it wasn't that crazy but uh i mean this is this is a tough tough task for a Ponikwit, but i think they'll they'll give a, or a pretty you know good fight you know It'll definitely be closer than last year yeah. that's for sure yeah this last is... year they lost it was uh the first time they played each other last year it was 30 to 0 uh, old rochester won and then the second time which is on thanksgiving it was 43 to 14 um so or won both of those matchups last year so uh so we'll see yeah, i could see probably keeping this one to a to a two-score game yeah no yeah. So that game is not at, to give away my picks coming out in tomorrow's paper. <laughs> that game is Aponiquit uh, at Old Rochester Friday night at seven p.m. All right, moving on. We got uh, Cardinal Spellman at the one and zero Bishop Stang Spartans, who, uh, as we mentioned earlier, beat Seekonk. Yeah, in yeah. week one, and uh, Justin Lopes looked like a, a star. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he was a force. I on didn't the see ground. him personally, but from what I read and talking to Sam Schilling, who covered the game, and through the air too. I mean, yeah, he was a dual threat, uh, 215 rushing yards, and uh, what was his passing total? Like 87 passing yards. Yep. Uh, threw a touchdown pass, ran for two. So yeah, he no, seems he, like a real dynamic guy. The, the was it you who said that uh, one of the coaches had mentioned Russell Wilson? Yeah, Rudy kind of uh, Bulger yesterday was saying that he thought uh, he, he thought he reminded him um, of you know Russell Wilson, especially um, you know the way he runs the ball, you mm-hmm. know, um, just kind of being that dual threat. And uh, you know, he said he's he's bulked up from from last year to this year, and he and he looks like a football player because we all know. Justin, I think everybody thinks that Justin Lopes is a basketball, basketball player. player yeah. um, so it sounds like he's really committed himself to this football season um, and, and seeing what he can do out there. And, and I mean, it's, it, it's so far so good. He had two, yeah, I can't complain about any of those two, numbers was it, or t- the results. Two touchdown passes. Uh, he ran for another score. Um, and then also, I mean, one thing that I think, you know, was a little bit under the radar in this game was uh, the defense of uh, Eric Camacho. He had two interceptions, um, which is And huge. a touchdown catch. Yeah, he did have a touchdown catch, but defensively, um, I know last year Bishop Stang, the first three or four games that the season, just struggled on defense. And just, you know, I think they gave up 40, more than 40 points the first two weeks and just really the defense didn't start coming together till almost midway through the season. Mm-hmm. And for, for to start off this way, you know, and holds, you know, Seekonk the way they did, uh, you know, which is, which is a tough, it's a tough offense to go against. And I think even one of those touchdowns that Seekonk had was like a three seconds left until the half. Like, yeah, it was like Hail a, Mary yeah. kind of garbage time touchdown too. So um, uh, it wasn't again, they were playing, you know, four back prevent defense. Cover yeah. Four. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, Spellman, um, I think he's going to be a little bit hungry coming out. Uh, Spellman opened the season with a twenty-six to to twelve loss to Hanover, um, and they the Cardinals really had no answer uh, for Hanover quarterback Andrew Carroll, who uh, threw for for nearly two hundred yards and four touchdowns. So you know they they struggled Might be against an the guy. There. Staying at good receivers too. Yeah, so who knows if uh, you know if Lopes can kind of continue to have the big game that he had last week. Um, but Spellman is in a little bit of a rebuilding mode um, this year. They have just eight, se- um, eight seniors, 
And most uh, three out of the eight seniors are two-way linemen, so they have that experience on their line. Um, but their skilled players are, you know, juniors and, and below. Um, their quarterback is Javon Marrero, and um, their running back is Will um, uh, Mac- McIntyre. Um, so those are the two guys that are, the offense is going to kind of go through um, in that game. So Sang's defense is going to have to key on those those two kids and, you know, see if they can keep it going from last week. Yeah, there's a lot of momentum that's been building, like you said, since the second half of last season. Yeah. Once they've really started to kind of figure out. It was out that Atlantis Charter game, you know. It just it really. turned everything <laughs> around. Every, you know. Everyone needs a game against Atlantis Charter when things aren't going right. Yeah, and, and straighten the, uh, right the ship, they say, They're right? on the schedule this year, though, right? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Yeah, so, so that's so, 7 o'clock yep, at Bishop Stang. At Bishop Stang, Friday night. from there, so. Uh, moving on to another game just down the road there. Yeah. It'll be a little don't, bit of traffic don't, don't, about 9 yeah, o'clock. I was about to say, don't go on Slocum Road <laughs> between uh, 8.45 and 9.15 or yes. in the, yeah, right before the game either. Yeah, no, so Dartmouth Indians playing host to Attleboro. This yep. was a low-scoring close game last year. Yeah, uh, I think I was at this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, 6-0. Dartmouth ended up winning, and it was Rick White's um, – was it 100th career was this win? His 100th? Okay. Yeah, this was his 100th career win, and I'm sitting there at the game saying, please, <laughs> somebody score, please, something happened. And, um, you know, and, and they ended up pulling it out. You know, it was, the defense was unbelievable last year. Um, you know, it was a tough start to, for, the, for Dartmouth this year. Um, they faced yeah, Central Catholic. Uh, they ended up losing last week. Forty-eight to six. Um, Central Catholic is, you know, one of the top programs in yes. the entire state. Yes. So there's no shame in losing to Central Catholic. Yes. We don't really know what style they really lost in, do we? Like, no. We haven't heard a whole lot from that game. No, so. we haven't heard too much. Um, it was just, way up in Andover, so none of us were there. Yeah, we were. We weren't. Unfortunately, we weren't there, and um, you know, we tried to get in touch with Coach Rick White a few times, and uh, we haven't heard um, too much about that game. I know Nolan Ellis. Um, uh, the quarterback uh, for Dartmouth, he ended up connecting with Eric Vieira for the t- uh, team's lone touchdown. Um, and it was actually Ellis's ninth touchdown pass in his eight varsity games. Um, so they were able to to do that, but doesn't sound like much more. Um, and then the defense, which every year, it, it doesn't matter who Dartmouth has on offense. We're always saying, oh, the defense. Yep. The defense is going to carry them until the offense um, catches up. Um, and the defense, you know, almost – let up 50 yeah, points. Don't, so. don't doubt the Dartmouth defense. No. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see how they, they bounce back. Um, I know they've probably been And they preparing. did this last year. They, yeah. lost, they lost badly to Central Catholic and came back and won the Attleboro game. Yeah. Yeah. So so this this game, I see I see it being a little bit more of a, you know, not say a slugfest, but, you know, it should be more balanced, kind of more even. Um, but they will have to keep, uh, Dartmouth's defense will have to keep tabs on uh, Jason Ware. Um, he's the quarterback uh, for Attleboro. And uh, rushing, uh, running back Justin Cody, the two combined for more than 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns um, as, uh, as uh, Attleboro beat Milford 21-7 uh, to last week. So this Attleboro team, I, I know in years past, sometimes they like, like to pass the ball. This one, they love to run the ball. So, you know, that might bode well for a Dartmouth team that, you know, has a pretty no strong No doubt defense. the Indians will be ready for that. They'll, they'll be well coached up. So that game is uh, Friday night, 7 p.m., Attleboro at Dartmouth Stadium against the Indians. Just an update on my mouth, everyone. It's feeling less numb now. Oh, that's I'm good. Getting some feeling back in my mouth. So uh, moving on <laughs> past the <laughs> Brendan Curry mouth updates. Uh, Greater New Bedford, Voke Tech, uh, put up a much more competitive game this year than 
uh, in week one than pretty much any other games last season. They are going to be at uh, Somerset Berkeley, which doesn't look to be as strong as it's been in recent years. So it almost looks like it's kind of two programs. Yeah, I mean, I, think, I, I honestly think the Bears have a shot to win this game. Um, wow, bold, yeah, bold I proclamation. Do. I do. Um, I haven't picked. I haven't done my picks yet, so I don't know if I'll stand by that 100. <laughs> percent um, But I think I think they're gonna. I think like like last week against Fairhaven. I think Vogue Tech is gonna be right there uh, with Somerset Berkeley. Um, you know, last week Ethan Almeida, he's the junior quarterback transfer from Dartmouth. He had a strong debut in that six-point loss to Fairhaven. He scored both of the Bears' touchdowns. Um, he rushed for 44 yards, threw for another 114 yards. Uh, he had two guys who were his favorite targets. Sheldon Clark had two catches for 64 yards, and Elijah Ferreira for two catches for 37 yards. I mean, he was he was probably our best. Like, well, outside of Lopes, I mean, he was our, our best kind of throwing. Yeah, you know, he, like, I mean, he was probably right up there. Yeah. I mean, you know, he threw for 114 yards, which was, you know, him and True Williams were the only guys to throw for over 100 yards. Yeah, so, I mean. And uh, he had two rushing. He's one of only three guys that have multiple rushing touchdowns in week one. So he, I mean, considering, you know. Very impressive. Last debut, year, and, what we had from I know from Mick yeah. story, he was very impressed by him. He, I think he called him electric. Yes, yes, yeah. he did. Um, and, you know, this is a big game. I mean, it's the, the first uh, South Coast Conference large um, game for either team, for, for Votech or Somerset Berkeley. Um, but Somerset last week needed a late game heroics from Jake uh, Meehan. He's the senior quarterback. Um, he ended up scoring on a one-yard um, sneak, quarterback sneak, on fourth down with 2.48 left in the game to lift the Raiders past Durfee. So they won 6-0 over Durfee. A touchdown in the last three minutes. <laughs> yes, a fourth, four, on fourth down. Um, uh, it did actually give um, Coach Nick Freitas, um, he did give him his 68th uh, career win at Somerset Berkeley, which makes him the winning, winningest coach in, uh, in the program's history. Um, so I guess that was, that was a positive out of that game. Mm-hmm. But I just, I mean, unless Durfee has really improved, I mean, it sounds like... Now, I will say, remember Durfee's new bed for Thanksgiving last year. There's only down. two touchdowns in that whole game. Yeah. So Durfee's defense last year, I don't know how many kids they brought back. Obviously, they lost their defensive coordinator to Vogue Tech. Yes. And Justin Cruz. <laughs> uh, so you that, know, so it is, but it is possible that Durfee just has a good defense and can't score. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, you know, from that game, Somerset's best drive prior to the, the winning one, uh, they only got down to the Durfee 34. So like it wasn't like they, they were, were get- never in the red zone no, until that last no, drive. Until that last drive. So that that's kind of you know I think that that gives Vogue Tech some hope, saying like, hey, we hung with Fairhaven last week. We did some really good things. We're a week more improved. We're we're a week more experienced. Let's go out here. And I mean, there's no pressure on them. You know, yep. like they're the underdog. If they can go in there and beat Somerset, yeah, who's nothing to lose. A little bit down. You know that that would be huge for them, and that kind of would be a shakeup a little bit. I think in the that South Coast Conference large because well, that shocks some people. Yes, it would be for sure. So um, that game is Friday night. Uh, Vogue Tech is at Somerset Berkeley at seven p.m. And quickly before we move on, I just want to do a little. You mentioned Sheldon Clark. He is leading the area in receiving yards right now. So shout out to Sheldon Clark, sixty-four <laughs> yards, two more than Eric Camacho had in Week One for Bishop Stang. Nice. So yeah, you like these these stats? They're all it's great. I know I went through them all last night, so they're all right at the top of the head. So. The only ones we're missing are Dartmouth, so we gotta. Yeah, shout out uh, Rick White, please, please, please. Send please us respond stats. to Lori's email and give us the stats. Yeah, uh, so moving on to uh, Wareham at Bourne. So uh, not not the best first step for Wareham under new coach Fran Cass last week against Old Rochester. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a 42-0 to zero loss uh, to the Bulldogs, but we knew it was going to be a little bit different from last year's matchup where, you know, they both had their uh, star star players, Isaac Nazimento and Harry Smith, and, and both of those guys are gone. And, and you know, Wareham lost a little bit more, um, obviously, you know, because they didn't have the numbers either. So they lost some kids um, that transferred. One is Dylan DeWolf, who went to Old Rochester, um, and just a few more um, people that, you know, are no longer with the team that graduated and they didn't have a lot of numbers to begin with. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, they have a new coach, new, new coach, si- new, new quarterback, system. Yep, new kind of running back who uh, the coach never mentioned to me when I was doing the preview stuff. <laughs> was he keeping him a secret? I don't know who Rakeen Jackson is, but uh, you know, he did manage to run for 53 yards. For yeah, the Vikings, that was, so. that was a team high team high. Um, but I mean, it wasn't pretty in that game there. Uh, uh, Wareham was down 35 to nothing at halftime. Um, and I heard that that their first year quarterback Isaac Panero is that he said yeah Panero so, yep. um, he completed just three of eleven passes for eight yards but a few times he really just aired the ball out and had he has that he's able to throw the ball downfield but it's just a matter of having that chemistry with the receivers that far down you know what I mean just being able right to now he looks better than the results are yes yes so there is potential there there's a lot of potential. Um, but Wareham just finished with uh, 77 yards of total offense in the game and only 20 um, in the first half. The other thing that concerns me a little bit is that many players uh, were taking, um, you know, like snap, they were playing on both sides. And then a lot of the players, it was their first time mm-hmm. playing varsity. Um, so there's some ex- inexperience there. There's also some, you know, just depth issues as far as if somebody goes down, what are we going to do? Um, but. They're also facing a, a born team that, that... When you look at the schedule, this is one of the winnable yeah, ones. Yeah, that born team that, that really struggled a lot last year. Um, and then this year, Bourne has a little bit of a new offense going. Uh, they're doing a, like a spread, up-tempo offense, and just kind of... Uh, right now, they're, they're working out the kinks. It seems like they've showed potential, um, but they... They're this just type not, of offense that can take a while to get your yes, timing down. Yes, though, the timing so. is big. Might be catching them early in the season is a good thing. So Bourne ended up winning um, last week. Their season opener uh, it was 19-6 to six over Upper Cape. But I don't think you can really compare an Upper Cape, Upper Cape to Old Rochester. It's two completely different levels of op- opponents for week one. Yeah. So, um, so this definitely will be a more even game for Wareham. And like Brennan said, it's a game that they should be able to uh, – to have a shot at being to in. put it in perspective, I believe Upper Cape was one of Vogue Tech's two wins last year. Yes, so yes, yeah. It's kind of, if that puts them in a, you know, a slot in your head yeah. of talent level. Uh, but the two guys on offense, really, that Wareham's defense is going to have to focus on is Spencer Rose and James Coonan. Um, they, last week, um, in addition to returning a touchdown, or a punt for a score, uh, Rose caught his 26-yard touchdown from Coonan, um, who completed 13 of uh, 13 passes for 167 yards. So those will be the kind of the names that you hear, um, you know, throughout throughout that game. And hopefully, you know, Wareham can keep tabs on them and and uh, kind of get their offense going. You know. Yeah, they definitely need to. I mean, doesn't doesn't sound like the passing game fully got going, but they have some weapons there. I mean, they got the big uh, tight end. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. He, he should be on here. He caught a pass, didn't he? Uh, where is he? Wareham number 44. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, apparently the roster wasn't full. We have a number five. We have a number 44. But, uh, yeah, it's anyway, week It's week one, it, right? We're yeah. coming off of week LaBelle, one. Dominic LaBelle, that's the name I was yeah. looking for. Yep, LaBelle. Yep, I remember that name. Um, so that game is actually Friday night at Bourne. Uh, so Wareham is just going to be going over the bridge. And, uh, you know, I know it's a big rivalry matchup. Um, you know, they played like like the ORR Poniquit, 
you know, these guys play each other twice yep. in a year. They'll play again on Thanksgiving. And, and a couple uh, of years ago, it was three or four years ago when Wareham was struggling to get any wins. Born yeah, was, was always a winnable game for him. Yeah, for sure. So, so. maybe back in that territory. All right. And that wraps up our uh, Friday night slate. Um, we have one game on Saturday. It's Keith Tech um, at Old Colony at 1 p.m. And uh, I tried and I tried and I tried and I can't find much about um, Keith Tech's <laughs> week one opponent. Uh, they are is, a school. They exist. They're in the state of Massachusetts. Yes, it's Boston English New Mission um, beat Keith Tech 36-34. And, um, you know, I don't I mean, I hope I hope Old Colony has done a better job scouting. Uh, <laughs> Keith Tech than I'm sure I, than I have. Has some tape. I don't uh, know if it's on an old VHS or something. Because but. I, I, you know, I spent about twenty or thirty minutes last night looking for looking up the team, trying to find them anything. You know, even a se- season preview from another paper, I couldn't find anything. And even today, I spent a little bit of time. That's right. The Cougars uh, will worry about their own game yes, plan, what they're going to do, what they're going to do. Let the chips fall and, as they may. And I mean, they opened the season uh, last week. Big win over Cathedral, sixteen. It was to a good six. win. Talk you know, it, it wasn't a dominating win. It was a good win. They played hard. Um, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the yep. imagination. Um, they struggled to kind of really find a rhythm ever on offense. Like they only had one or two really long drives. But uh, you know, they definitely look like they're going to be uh, closer to last season's offense with a lot more run oriented than they were a couple yep. of years ago yep. when Murphy was at quarterback and they were airing it out. But you would more. expect them to run a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. I was. I was, I was Scholes only attempted three passes and didn't complete any. Oh, okay. So I thought there was going to be a little more balance, and, there, and I'm sure there will be as the season goes on. Uh, but they really, you know, were pretty discontent uh, to kind of run the ball with Bumpus and Mitchell Wilson, and uh, the defense was very strong. Uh, it, was, it was interesting because Cathedral, uh, they had some athletes. Yeah. They had some real athletes. Which they do in basketball. I know that's a team yeah. that Westport I mean, always used to play. In yeah, they, they had tournament. some kids who were fast. They had some big linemen. But uh, they were just, I talked about New Bedford being undisciplined. Uh, Cathedral took it to another level. Really? I, well, I came back, I think I told you. I don't know if I've ever seen a 12 men on offense penalty. Oh, yeah, you said that. Penalty. Because, <laughs> like, they, go, they got all the way lined up and snapped the ball with 12 men. Like, you see it on defense, of course, all the time. Yeah, but, on offense, you, know, you think. On offense, it's a lot rarer. You reali- yeah, you realize it and you. Yeah, somebody's completely somebody out of position or, or somebody's or standing somebody who's not supposed to be there. Yeah. It's like somebody should know that they're not out there. And they, they had a bunch of uh, legal procedure issues and, you know, just kind of some of the simple things. They, they, they were constantly, uh, when they went in motion before snap, moving towards the line of scrimmage, they got called for that multiple times. Wow. They lined Lots up incorrectly. Mistakes. They weren't covering up their tackles at times. Like, so, you know... They, the old colony win, while it was solid, was aided a little bit by the other team's ineptitude. That said, the Cougars' defense was very strong. The running game was pretty strong. It mostly was always between the tackles, yep. except for Kyle Scholes' big touchdown run, where he got a little bit outside the tackle. Um, but they have a lot of misdirection in the backfield. Kind of hard to you know keep track of where the ball is and who's carrying it. And uh, it's going to come down to the blocking. I think on both sides, you know, the offensive defensive line is probably going to be what determines a lot of the Cougars' season this year. Um, you know, we'll see against a fairly unknown quantity in Keith Deck. Yep, and that game, like I said, is uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. at Old Colony. So that's it. That's uh, the full slate. Eight games uh, week two here. Uh, so what do we count? We had uh, how many How many 1-0 teams right now? Oh, now you Let's have see. So we got, we got Fairhaven, Old Rochester, 
Bishop Stang, Stang and Old Colony. And Old Colony. So we four got teams. four teams with a win, and we got five teams that are 0 1 and looking to get their first win. Yep. So, and as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SC underscore varsity. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at SC varsity, no underscore there. And uh, we do update the scores on ScoreStream if you have that app. Uh, it's also, there's a widget on our homepage, southcoastvarsity.com. And uh, I guess people will hopefully be getting used to our new Friday Night Football coverage style. Yes. Uh, you know, we have that kind of the quick hit as soon as, you know, kind of right after the game's end, we're going to get some photos and all the scores and a little blurb online. And, um, and in Saturday's paper, we'll have that kind of the big centerpiece um, mm-hmm. of our sports section is going to be, you know, photos from uh, from at least one to two games that night along with kind of the, high, you know, scores and highlights and mm-hmm. then, you know, check back in set, uh, Sunday's paper and you'll get the complete stories. Plus, we'll also have the yeah, stories. Yeah, two up- pages. We, had, we, we count uh, stories in inches. The yeah. regular world probably doesn't understand that at all, but we look at stories and how many inches they are and uh, we had 260 plus inches of football coverage in Sunday's paper. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then, and all, all of that copy too goes up Friday night. You know, after the after after everything's sent to the press and and the printers already started. You know, the t- the they're doing uh, printing out the newspapers. We're we're putting those stories we're online, clacking away, still yep. writing and posting stories. And I've, I think we had everything up by about midnight yep. last Friday. So that'll be the the game plan again and. Uh, the, the stories themselves, I think, actually get to be a little more in-depth now because we're not quite as rushed trying to get a story in before you know, a fairly early deadline. Now the deadline's so early that it's like, well, we'll just yeah. c- produce a better product that uh, most people get on Sunday, but everyone can get on Friday night at southcoastvarsity.com. Well, thanks for joining me, Lori. All right, no problem.